This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, a very special day in his life, Nick Campton. It Hello. is a special day in my life. Yeah, every yeah. day is special when we're together. That's but right. An extra special day because it is, of course, Jared Croker's 300th game. Nicholas, you are recording here at my place and then you are hitting the road to the Territory. That's right, heading down there to sort of catch up with all my Territory brothers and sisters. I haven't been down there this year yet. Um... But I'm very, very excited. I'm always excited to get down there, but especially excited this time. Very, very pumped for what's going to be a big day and a very special day for the club and for my number one boy. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm stoked for you. Like, obviously, club milestones like this don't happen very often. South's only had one ever, John Sutton, of course. And yeah, I, I, I'm so few. Jared Croker is a beloved player. I think there's not a lot of people that would dislike it's a pretty hard guy to dislike right like he's not really a player that i would if, if someone said i hate jared croker i'd be like that's a bit weird there's a weird subsection of raiders fans that have always hated him that's a bit different and they that's, always they always whinge about yeah. stupid little bullshit with him and all that which i never really enjoyed but we're not going to give those people any credence today not today today is not for them but uh before we go forward we have to go back uh to gold coast 28 west tigers 12 um yeah, look, not the chaos bowl I was expecting, although we did still get something I've never seen before in an NRL game, which is a player stripping the ball and then having it immediately stripped back off him. That was good stuff. But yeah, but this is the Titans. This is their final trick, right? When you think you're the getting prestige. the chaos. Yeah, they do the prestige. They give you just a very competent nuts and bolts control performance. And I thought this was a really controlled performance from them. You know, their forwards were... Excellent. Tino Fasul and Awi and Moaki Fidawake were both terrific and both really, really set the tone, which is a difficult thing to do against a pack as uh, as sort of tough and uh, as the Tigers. And um, yeah, like their spine combined together really well. AJ Brimson back at fullback. That was probably something we should have stressed a little bit more mm. in the lead up. Um, I, I've always liked him more at fullback than at 5'8", and I think the Titans have finally settled on just playing him at fullback all the time and just letting the rest of the stuff work itself out around him, which I kind of like, you know, play your best player in your best position and all of that, you know. But um, Phil Sammy, really, really good again from the back. Sam Verrill's really tidy at dummy yeah. half. Um, he made his return How could the Roosters week. let him go? Hey? How could the Roosters let him go? Mate, I, get, I guess we'll never know. Exactly. But he was really tidy around the ruck, really pl- really gave them a whole lot of, um, mm. a whole lot of direction. And they kind of just turned the screws on a Tigers team who played with the same sort of effort that we've seen from the last few weeks but just had just had like a disastrous run of misfortune through this match and then that sort of got compounded by mm. some basic errors and some really poor last tackle Yeah, you talk about the effort, right? And and for a lot of those but like especially the Haas try and the Tino try, those were easily avoidable. Yeah, they were. They were very soft They were tries. very soft, yeah. But you're right, dude. Like we still had some just like comical miscues from them. Just so, no polish at all in the back line. Of course, like they get one try from David Clemmer crashing over, and even then he did his best to butcher it. <laughs> um, and then we get one bit of brilliance from Julian Buller, and then that was about it. Funny stat though, uh, that's David Clemmer's first try for the West Tigers. He's yep. already equaled his t- uh, tally for the Knights. There you go. Yeah, one. Who won, who won, who won that trade? Yeah, well, the like, another trade. one we'll never know. Well, Jackson Hastings has yet to score a try in in his return to the NRL. Mm. So numbers don't really lie. makes you think. But yeah, look, um, yeah, just a 
a, a staggeringly professional performance from the Titans. They completed yeah. it a, a good clip. They got through their sets well. They they ran hard. Um, and yeah, you know, they were the beneficiaries of a bit of luck and a couple of soft tries. But at the same time, that Brimson try was very, very nice. Um, the little kick through for the Jaden Campbell try was super nice. That Although, was awesome. again, it's like. That was awesome. But again, like, it's Brimson, like. Brimson getting rocked like that. Yeah, but that's the Talau, thing, dude. It's hanging like. Hanging onto the ball. Talau's, back, Talau's got to lock him, him up there. That was terrible. Oh, yeah, of course he does. Yeah. And it's like, but yeah. Still, it's, 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 it's like great play for And it, it, I am worried, though, like, because this game was a little. Maybe that Raiders lost last week broke them a little bit in terms of their spirits because, yeah, a little bit of old Tigers was seeping into them in this game. They were, at times, just too worried about putting on shots or trying to make big plays rather than sort of just wrapping up the ball carrier or, or, or just getting to the end of their sets in defense. And I think that play as well as that double strip play were emblematic of that. I think like, it's like, oh yeah, we got a strip. Hell yeah. And then you don't even concentrate enough to secure the ball and make sure the tackle's complete before you give it straight back. So yeah, a worrying loss for the Tigers in terms of their application. I thought um, just very sloppy, very old Tigers again. Yeah, no, sloppy is probably the word. And that probably came through the most with Brandon Wakeham, who had a really, really tough night out there and just really, really struggled to find... The good, to find good ends to sets, which is something the Tigers have actually done pretty well over the last couple of weeks. Mm. And then when you look at the injuries that they copped in this one as well, Coruscant well, yeah. with a broken jaw, he's going to be out for a while. Brooksy pinged his hamstring, he's probably out for a while as well. All of a sudden, they're yeah, looking, well, you know, things are things are things are looking skinny. Yeah, we'll, we'll the keep spine. the we'll keep the Coruscant chat to the end of the segment where we talk about Origin a little bit. So we'll um, we'll get to that later. But yeah, they got the Storm next week, and the Storm won't have Harry Grant or Cam Munster. But yeah, if the Tigers don't have Luke Brooks and Abby Coruscant either, that's pretty tough going. Yeah, it is. I like I know we wrap him all the time, but I do want to wrap Jareen Buller again. He, Great he, player. He seemed the most likely through this match, and he sort of kept at it even as the scoreboard was mounting. And then that try he scored, putting that big fend on Fasul oh, awesome, Malawi, and then right I thought he butchered chest. it. No, I thought he did quite well, to be honest with you, because Brimson had a had a. Well, beat maybe on not him butchered, but I thought Brimson got it and made the good tackle, and then, he rolled and then over. Buller yeah. just sort of stayed composed and 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 got it I, done. And so. I'm a sucker for any story that's a guy, and I, I'm not going to tell because everyone knows this by now. But I'm I'm just a sucker for any dude that like stopped playing rugby league or wasn't playing the sport he's now great at three years ago. I love shit like that. <laughs> I fucking love it. Like, this guy's so talented. He just like fucked around and played basketball all the time. But oh well, I'll just I'll just be like a top 10 fullback in the NRL now because <laughs> I feel like it. Yeah. But then the Titans like we we knew we know the Titans have performances like in this like mm. this in them. Like I was quite reminded of um they played Manly, oh, I was a good while ago now, but it was down at Brookvale Oval and it was kind of like this. They Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Round 2 the, was they, it? Uh, no, it wasn't it wasn't that early in the season. Yeah, it was around 4 or 5 I think. Yep, yeah. Yeah, anyway. but they were just they were just really tight, really composed. They found really nice attacking touches when they had to and then they just sort of shut up shop defensively and just looked really controlled through the whole match. So that's kind of the frustrating thing with the Titans. It's clear that there's something, there's something there, you know, there's something there. It's just sort of getting out of the way of their own madness. And that might not happen this year, but there's a lot of talent on that roster. And look, I still just think like with the way this comp is at the moment, they're sniffing around. They're going to buy next week, which will put them into the eight. Like albeit with, I think two or three buys already had, but yeah, they they don't have a particularly tough set of fixtures in the in the next six weeks, and then a, a bar a trip to Canberra, and um, 
Yeah, so you know they they could put a little run together, string some results together, and maybe sneak into the top eight. I think I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility if they can sort of get these leads. Everything's possible for them. That, that's they true. They could win every game for the rest of the season, <laughs> and they could lose. I think after last week's season. second half capitulation, this was heartening for them to just get to halftime with that lead and then go on with it. You rather think than I was sweating when Buller scored a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just so. watching and I was kind of sweating. <laughs> but yeah, um, good win for them, and uh, we move on. Try, try. This is a try. Brilliant, brilliant play. I think it's a try. Oh, I don't know if it's going to be a try. Gee, what about this bloke? If you are a new listener this year, this is our new segment called What About This Bloke, where we take a trip down memory lane uh, with a with a former great that you might have forgotten, usually from the late 90s, early 2000s. That's our sweet spot. Campo. So sitting around and naming old footy players is the finest thing a person can do. It's literally my favourite thing to do in the entire world. And this week, beloved patron of the show, Tom Hardy, has come in from the cold. The random number generator has spat him up and he has selected your favourite and mine, Russell Bowden. Nice. Do you know anything about Russell Bowden? Uh, I thought we were doing Russell Aitken, who I'd started researching. But I said Russell Bowden. <laughs> I thought <laughs> you said Russell Aitken, and well, now I'm thrown. Well, you know what? It's okay because I got a lot. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say about Russell Bowden. Yeah, I'm okay? shocked so, Th didn't go with a Raiders player. But so well, <laughs> to let you behind the curtain, Th sent me a photo of a handwritten shortlist. <laughs> on Friday afternoon last week, as soon as he listened to, to last week's episode. And then he texted me four more names 10 minutes after that. I think he was really feeling the pressure on this one. So I told him, just take a few deep breaths, relax. It'll all be all right. You just you just pick a guy that you want to hear us talk about. And he's landed on Russell Bowden, all right? So Russell Bowden is a, a Queenslander, right? He was a front rower who sort of got his start at Brisbane in the, in the mid-90s. Played a couple of games with the Bronx in like 94 or 95 or something like that. But the underpinning of the Russell Bowden story is this bloke is fucking loose. Yeah. All right. He's loose. He's psycho. He's a mad pisshead. So he ends up he ends up getting the punt from Brisbane for you know not for not for anything heinous for like drunken hijinks. You know what I'm saying? Goes over to London with the London Broncos when they were just starting up. Has a couple of years with them, and then comes down and he's a foundation player for the Storm. And at the Storm. He really blossoms. He's a really effective front row for them, mainly off the bench. But like, was he was a guy who had a really good turn of pace for a front row and a pretty good sidestep for a front row as well. It's funny you go back and you watch games from the late nineties and early two thousands, and sometimes you watch guys and you wonder if they could make it today, right? And some of them you're like, yeah, you could drop this bloke in a time machine and he'd be fine today, no worries. And then there's others that you're like, nah, this guy he'd never make it. He doesn't have the athleticism. Russell Bowden is one of those blokes who you see him in those games and you think. If someone got a hold of him today, he would be a fantastic like first change front rower. Mm. You know what I mean? He's got leg speed. He hits hard. He moves really well. He's one of those first front rowers, I reckon. One of those first front rowers for whom footwork was really, yeah. really important. And now, if you're a, if you don't have footwork, you're not in this league. If you're heavy on your feet, you're not getting a start at all. But anyway, Bowden plays in that Premiership team in 1999. Plays for Queensland a couple of times in 2000 and 2001. Um, and then sort of after that goes back to England and back to France and all that sort of thing. What I would like to draw you guys' attention mm. to is a Q&A that I, Russell Bowden yeah. did with can, NRL.com in 2020. Can I? Can um, yeah. Well, why don't, why don't, you, why don't, you, read, uh, so why don't you read this choice you, extra That's first. literally what I had pulled up on okay. my screen. So here's the question. Let, 
here's the question. You played just two games for the Broncos, Russell. Yes, I was too busy having a good time. Once at the old Regatta Hotel, I stripped all my clothes off and ran across the road to these wet tiles and tried to slide naked across them. I missed, ended up on the road, and got a terrible rash. The publican didn't like it too much and told Wayne, so Wayne decided I should go and play for the London Broncos. He was worried about my drinking and sent me to a country which had a pub on every corner. Russell, how did you get from there to Melbourne? Well, Terry Madison, who was with me at London, persuaded the Storm CEO, Chris Johns, to take a punt on me. But I was lucky they didn't cut me the week I arrived. It happened to be Melbourne Cup week, and somehow I got nude at the track. I never did any harm, but I did drink a little too much and lose my clothes a bit. Wow, Russell, that sounds great. What are your memories of the Storm's grand final win in 1999? I wanted it so bad that I swore off the grog for three months, and anyone who knows me knows what a massive sacrifice that was. And my mates didn't help. At the pub, they would dip their fingers in beer and smear it on my lips. I tried not to lick it. Not easy. The week itself just goes so easy, but it was great. And the game itself? The stats men used to love me because I never used to worry them much with what I did on the field. It was unlimited interchange and Chris Anderson just wanted me to make an impact from the bench. I made one break as we charged home in the second half. I was pretty chuffed about that. I won a comp. I couldn't believe it. I still feel I've been kissed on the ass by a fairy. <laughs> I love this guy. He's the best. <laughs> But yeah, he's just. Can we get um, him on the show? <laughs> oh, mate, he might do it. He might. He was do probably it. at the regatta when we were at Magic Round. He probably was. He probably. He probably like just probably owns it. Well, he probably lives in the basement <laughs> yeah. or something. He's probably the cellar. The funny gumble like of the regatta. Oh yeah, but yeah, like guys like this don't really exist anymore. You this, know, well, dudes he, who are just dudes who are just serious pissers. That's but that's still they're still that, professional that, athletes. That um that regatta story is basically the Adam Elliott story from the Mad Monday. More or less. And like that was like news when it happened. Yeah, I know. But if you play that story, if you remix that story under 90s rules. Yeah, exactly. Goes, that's what, no, that's what from, I'm saying, dude. It goes, from, it goes from, you know, let's all shake our heads and tut tut to hilarious footy so, hijinks. So either Adam Elliott would be a cult hero in the 90s or Russell Bowden would be a useful forward in today's <laughs> game. Or both. Maybe both are true. Uh, I found, um, I don't think it's in this interview, but I found another interview that he was talking about... Um, an initiation ritual that him and another forward called Ben Rorty used to have at Melbourne. I remember Ben where, Rorty, yeah. Where they would... A guy in his own right. Yeah, oh, 100%. But where at the start of every season, they would make... They would set up They would set up after the first trial game and sink beers in the shower, like fully naked, of course, and they of would course. make every rookie come in and have a beer with them in the shower. That's awesome. Well, like a commitment to shower beers that we can all get behind. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you, you know me. I have a shower beer holder in my, <laughs> in my bathroom. So. Yeah. so Russell Russell Bowden lived a full rugby league life. You know what I'm saying? Just tooling it up in London, Brisbane, Melbourne, the south of and France for a while. Fun. Just, just bro, having fun. a great time, mate. Yeah. Good on him. There was a, in that same Q and A, the 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 reporter asks him about a rumor that he got banned from the Storm reunions, and he says, "I banned myself." <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to ban yourself from future Boom Rookies reunions? Oh man, uh, if I can be the Russell Bowden of somebody's life, that's a life well lived. Yeah. I wonder how many things Russell Bowden knocked over at the pub. Probably, oh, probably a lot. Probably, probably so quite many, a lot. Well, many that, a taxi with that, shout. With that, turn of, with that turn of pace, with that big sidestep. I can imagine with a full it. tray of beers, just sidestepping all the obstacles, getting, getting without spilling a drop. I can see it. <laughs> a rugby league gazelle. Too good. Too all good. Right. Russell Bowden, we salute you. Come on the show. Who's in? Yeah, please do. To discuss. <laughs> uh, or just live show at the regatta at Magic yeah, or, Round next year. Or, bro, just like come down for a few beers. Mate, we saw, hang out with you. Well, we... We, we did go and see that band downstairs. Maybe we do a live show in the basement of the regatta. Oh, that'd be incredible. <laughs> Don't give me any ideas. All right. Uh, who's up next week? Well, up next week, another beloved patron, Raider Dave. Oh. Raider Dave. Yep. He's going to have so many. Oh, I was going to say, this is a, a big, big moment for him. And the only man because... who is as enamored with Raiders Nuffies as you are. Well, being enamored with Raiders Nuffies is actually a 
real pillar of mine and Raider Day's yep. friendship. So it'll uh, yeah, it'll be a big day, big day for the show, big day for the for the Raiders community out there. Out- outstanding. And uh, yep. So now let's go back to the present. It's Friday, Nick. Yes. We're starting tonight. Yeah. Yep. How you feeling? I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I, I've had a few people sort of message me over the last couple of days, like, "Hey, feeling? Are you nervous or whatever?" And I'm not. I'm just I'm just really really excited. The build up to this game and all the stuff that they've done for Jared Croker, I think I, I think a few people have sort of said, "Oh, it's a bit excessive. It's a bit much." I really don't think it is. I think um, I think if you don't, if a club doesn't celebrate their own guys, then then who else will? Mm. You know, and playing 300 games for one club is a really big achievement. You know, and like. Canberra's been around a long time. They've only had one other guy that's done it. If you, there are clubs like the Roosters and the Rabbitohs that have been around for over a century. The Rabbitohs only have one guy that's done it. The Roosters only have only have two. So it is a really big deal, and I don't think it's something. And because it's just a club celebrating one of their own, it's not something that I think can ever go too far. Um, and this would be a big deal for me if it was if it was any Raider at all. But Jared Croker's my he's my number one boy. He's my favorite player of all time, and he's always going to be my favourite player of all time. And I've talked a little bit about why, because Jared Croker is one of the last Raiders players who came through when I was still a boy and when my yeah. relationship to the team was 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 a boy's relationship to his team. You know, they were my they were my heroes. They weren't just a team I watched. Hmm. Or guys I interviewed or anything like that. They like every single one of them were were, were my heroes. And my my association with Croker actually goes back a little bit further than that. You guys might have read a story that I put up yesterday yesterday about him winning a Group 6 Premiership mm. with the Golden Stock. If you haven't, I posted on the Boom Rookies Facebook, yeah. so check it out. So he was 16 years old when he when he won that comp. And Group 6 is the comp that Camden's in. Yes. And I was playing I was playing for Camden in 07. I was under 14s or 15s or something like that. And one of, it, and one of our coaches was, was a guy who played first grade for Camden. I remember him coming to training one day and saying we played Goulburn on the weekend, they smoked us, but there's this guy, Croker, he's only like 16, he signed with Canberra. Nick, this is before people called me Camper, this is how long ago it was, he said, Nick, keep an eye on him because he's going to be awesome. You know, so he's been a part of my life for that long. I remember watching him in the under 20s, you know, mm. and I remember being there for that for that grand final where they beat Brisbane. And I remember when he debuted the following year and I remember when Canberra had this really great crop of rookies and Croker was just sort of one amongst many for them. And he wasn't my favourite guy yet. Like he was just sort of one of the guys. But there was him and there was Josh Dugan and there was Joel Thompson and Sean Fensum and a whole bunch of other guys. And Croker was 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 one of them and I always liked him, but he didn't sort of really become my absolute favourite until a few years later when all of those guys started to leave, you know, and, 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 and Josh Dugan sort of engineered his own departure a little bit and, and so did Blake Ferguson and there was a lot of residual stuff for me with Todd Carney as well and all these fellas that I'd put so much into that I'd seen sort of rise through the ranks and had sort of identified as my guys and all of them leaving, all of them sort of sabotaging their way out of the club and it really put the Raiders in a really bad place for a good couple of years and times were tough and the team was shit and they weren't winning or anything like that. But through all those times, Jared Croker, he was always there. And in as the times got tougher, he got better. There's a part of me that maybe thinks the best season he ever had was 2014 when Canberra finished second last and could barely win a fucking game. Mm. He scored 18 tries. He had did a, beat the Premiers that year. We did. Mm. But he had, a, he had a blinder of a season as a centre in a really shitty team. And that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me that all these other guys who, who were probably more talented and probably could have achieved more, they... They didn't, they didn't last in Canberra. They didn't want to last in Canberra. 
But Jared Croker always did. You mm. know, he always wanted to be there. He always wanted to be a part of it. And that's why I was so happy when things started to turn around and some new players came in and everything changed and, and, and Canberra started becoming a, a, a relevant team again. And I know we talk a lot about 2019, but 2016 was a really transformative season for me because it was the first year of my entire life where Canberra were a very serious football team. And it was the first time I thought, wow, Canberra could win a grand final. Like yeah. I'd sort of made my, I was only, I was only, I was only young myself then, but I'd t- kind of made my peace with, well, Canberra's just going to be shit forever. And like finishing sixth or seventh or eighth, that's about as good as it's going to get. And that's fine. That's okay. Then my guys doesn't matter. And that was the first time I was like, no, like great things can happen here and great things can happen to Canberra teams and great play. Great things can happen to Canberra players like Jared Croker, mm. you know, and he had a wonderful year that season. He nearly scored 300 points. He was absolutely exceptional. And then in the years since they've been really good to Canberra and they've been really good to Jared Croker and he's, achieved he's achieved he's achieved so he's achieved so much and there are there are things that I want him to achieve that he didn't get you know there's always this talk about how he never played for New South Wales and he never played for Australia or whatever and I wanted those things for him because he wanted those things any player would want those sorts of things but you know sometimes Canberra guys don't get that stuff and that's just part of the deal or whatever but part of the reason the other part of the reason I wanted him to get those things is because I always thought I always thought he was a, a special player, and it's sort of dumb now to say that oh he's the most underrated player in the game or anything because everyone kind of knows how good he was and how solid he still mm. is and all that sort of thing. But I wanted him to get those things so everybody could, even if it was just for a night, if everybody could understand how special he was, if everybody could feel what I felt for him yeah. all the time, you know. But now that we're at this point and he's playing his three hundredth game and all that. It's almost kind of fitting that he didn't get that stuff. You know what I mean? Like some of those guys I mentioned before, like Dugan and Carney and Ferguson, they did get those things, right? And they did get everything the rugby league world had to offer. And Jared Croker didn't, right? He didn't get the world, but he didn't need the world. He had Canberra and and Canberra was enough for him, you know? And he was enough for Canberra. And he's... So just just getting... Just, 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 just knowing that, that, that somebody sort of treasures treasures this club the same way I do, mm. you know, and that he's out there leading them out every single week. It just, it really, it really fills my heart every time I think about it, you know, and all these things I'm talking about, they would have been true of Jared Croker who played his 300th game a couple of years ago like he was meant to. But then you add in all the, all the injuries and all that and everything that's happened to him over the past probably two seasons or three seasons or so and sort of getting through all of that and then getting back to this point, um, it shows it sh- it shows a, a real a real toughness and and toughness is probably not a thing that people think about when they think about Jared Croker because he's not the biggest and he's not the strongest and he's not the meanest and he's mm. not a hit machine and he doesn't yell and scream and all that sort of thing but you don't have to do those things to be tough sometimes being tough is getting up when no one else thinks you can you know and and to me that's why Jared Croker is one of the toughest people I've ever seen play rugby league and I remember when when the injuries were really really bad you know when he's popping his shoulder out sort of reaching up to grab a remote control at home and when it looks like it's over and I had good Raiders men like people whose opinion I, I really trust people who love this club the same way I do people who love Jared Croker like I do and they said to me mate it's over like you got to accept it it's over and I always I always thought the same thing I was like as long as Jared Croker thinks he can do it I'm in his corner it doesn't it does it, it doesn't matter if the odds are against him if he thinks he can do it I'm always, always going to have his back. I'm always going to believe in him like this, you know? Um, and then getting him back this year 
it was like like I don't want to go over the top, but it was like he came back from the dead. It was like he'd retired and 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 mm. and he was gone, and we'd all moved on, and then he came back, and it was just this this glorious piece of the, of the clubs of the clubs past that sort of came that sort of came back, and I think you can see from how Canberra's how well Canberra's done since he came back into the team, how much he means to this club and how much he means to this playing group as well, you know. And yeah, I'm just I'm I'm so so happy that he's going to get this. He's going to get this day. He's going to get this day at Canberra, and it's going to be the biggest day that Canberra's had probably since the 2019, 2019 prelim, prelim. Yeah. which is which is a really big call for a regular season match. But everyone's showing out. Everyone's showing out for their guy, and 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 I really love that because Jared Croker's a really low key fella right and Canberra can be a bit of a low-key club as well Canberra but, you write, but you rise to the occasion when well yeah Canberra unless it's Ricky blowing up about something it's not often that Canberra That's true makes a fuss you know but we're making a fuss this time like we're showing up we're showing up for our guy we're showing up for for someone who has just done so much for this club who has busted his fucking body for this club who has done everything a player can do for a club you know and I'm just it sounds dumb to say about someone that you don't know, and I don't really know Jared Croker. I've interviewed him a few times and that, but I don't really know him. But I'm just, I'm just so, so proud of him. Mm. I'm so proud of him and how far he's come from that, from that sort of skinny kid with the shitty blonde tips that he was back in 2009 bring to bring him back to to what he is now, um, which is, which yeah. is a, a, a wonderful leader, a wonderful ambassador for the club, a, a, a player that any club would be proud to be associated with, you know, and. A lot of the things that I thought he was going to get in his career, like the rep jerseys or the all-time games mm. record or the all-time points record, he's probably not going to get those now. But he's going to have this. Yeah. He's going to have this, and he'll never forget this. You um, know? Yeah, quick point. As someone whose childhood hero did get that long overdue rep jersey right at the end of his career, it's better <laughs> It's better if they don't get it. Trust me. Um, and second of all, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm going to ask the obvious question. How much does it matter if you lose tonight? It matters a lot. Okay. It matters a lot. And and like this is not a slam dunk by any no, means. No, no, this, God, like, no. Like this is a good Warriors side. I think the Warriors are going to make the top eight. I do. Mm. And if you look at that, and I think that they sort of worked out a few things last week against the Finns. They really got back on track. They're very, very strong defensively. They're great in the middle of the field with Vanua Blake and Harris and all of them. They're really good at striking on the edges of the ruck through Sean Johnson, which is something that Canberra's struggled to defend at times this year. So this was always going to be a big game for Canberra, regardless of, of anything else, because this is the best team that they've played in a while. And while they've been winning, quite often it hasn't been in the most impressive fashion. Mm. So this was always going to be a real gut check. Yeah. Right? But now the stakes are, are even higher. Um, but I do think that Canberra will be able to expend a lot of emotional energy into this because they got the bye next week. So they don't have to worry about, you know, on oh, next week or getting up for a game again. They can they can put everything they have into this game. They can treat this like a finals game, which I think they should. And then if they can get a win like this and head into the bye and all that sort of thing and then rest things up and then get into the back end of the season, it could put them in a really, really good place. But... It's by no means a pushover. It's by no means an easy one. I'm quite. I I know why they're such big favourites because they're at home and it's such a big, yeah, emotional energy thing. But this is a good, good Warriors side, and they won't. Yeah, I I think that you. I think that if you guys can get in the front foot in the middle in the first twenty minutes or so, I think that'll go a long way to to winning you this game. Yeah, that won't be easy though. Fuck no. Of course it won't be. It won't be easy. You know, and um, I do like the look of this Canberra team. Elliot Whitehead's back. I hope they're not rushing him back because. 
he's lining up on um on that he's lining up on that edge that Sean Johnson likes to favour with Jackson Ford and all them. So I'm uh I'm hoping that they've not rushed him back. But other than that, this Canberra team's at about full strength. Yeah. You know, and they've been doing a couple of things over the last couple of weeks. I've liked Zach Wolford's been playing more minutes, which I'm always gonna push for and I'm always gonna want. Um, Albert Hoppawati's continued to play really good footy, even though Nick Kotrick's fit. Hoppawati has held his spot, which I think is the right thing to do. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm hoping that that Canberra can really can really dig deep, and I hope that they can do something. I hope that they, after Croker's given this club so much, I hope they can all turn up and and give give him give him this. Yeah. you know, and judging from sort of the reaction of some of the players and all of that through the week, I think they are very much framing this as a, like, let's do this one for, yeah, for I'll, Crokes. I'll, you know? I'll, I'll tip the Raiders. Yeah. Who are you tipping? I'm also <laughs> tipping the Raiders. I'm also tipping the Raiders. Um, one guy to look out for for the Warriors, I'm not sure how to say his name, um, unfortunately. I've only seen it written. I've only I've only heard it said. I, I think it's Ali uh, Liatau. That might be wrong. Um, I'm sure they'll the, pronounce the it correctly on the, on the broadcast tonight. But yeah, he's Ali Lawatiti's nephew. Yes. Um, and I've seen him a little bit in cup. He's a big unit with a really good turn of pace. And this will be an intimidating environment to, yeah. to make your debut. But I think he's someone that the Warriors are going to be... Uh, I think he's someone who's going to be around the Warriors for a very, very long time. All yeah. right. Uh, second game tonight, Manly hosting the Dolphins uh, at Brookvale. Uh, Manly short first over is the Dolphins coming off that uh, heavy defeat last week. Um, still, still waiting on a few guys to get back from injury for them. I think again, you look at their team on paper. There's still quite a few guys out. They've got Nickarim in the halves. They've got Pasir Farmasili starting um, at prop, um, uh, and Kurt Donohue. I don't, um, uh, yeah, uh, don't know if he's the guy <laughs> that's going to be giving them the punch off the bench. But your man Valance the house is also there on the bench. But Nick, again, it just seems like the Dolphins are kind of running on fumes at the moment, and this might be another stiff test for them. Although. Again, Manly have shown the ability to play down to their opponents a lot this year. Well, it is a stiff test, but I kind of like the Finns. All right, I do. I, I, I like they obviously got stretched beyond their limits last week. Fin, fin, fins up, fins yep. up to everybody okay. out there. But Jerry Marshall King coming back at hooker—that's big—and Hamiso Tabuafito coming back at fullback, also big. That's enough. That's enough for me to think the Finns can get this one done, um, because I think you're right. Manly have shown. Um, a sort of real inconsistency to their to their play this year, and while some of those names that have come into the Finns team aren't the biggest ones, like um, Poasa Faamasuli, he's someone who's played good footy when he has played this year. He's 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 physical, he's aggressive, he's willing, you know. And if he can lead from the front with Bromwich and Stone and sort of knock Manly around a little bit, because Manly have shown an ability to be good in the middle of the field this year, but also an inconsistency in that regard as well. You know, mm. they rely very, very heavily on Taniela Pasek. Yeah. He's having a great season. And no Jake still. Is, no it Jake does still. matter. Like, I, I think there's a chance that the Finns could pull off a classic Finns yeah. ambush in, in, in this one. Like, sharks like blood in the water, not dolphins, but sometimes you got to hand it to those dolphins because they just want it more. That's right. Um, so, I yeah, I, I, I like, tough, like, unfamiliar... Aren't foreign waters for the Finns? They've never played in Sydney But they're near a body of water. They are near a body of water, but they've never played in Sydney before. This is their first game in Sydney. Oh, because the Dragons is not... Yeah, right. That's right, yeah. So, it's uh, it's not a shame that the Canberra game's on, because fucking I wasn't missing that for the world. But 
If it wasn't, I would have loved to have gone to a Finns game. Yeah, at least in not really Sydney, Sydney though. Is it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Wait, so yeah, when do they actually play in like proper metropolitan Sydney? Do they ever? Not, till, not, not for another couple of weeks. Because like so. then like half the teams aren't in Sydney for like six weeks. Yeah, after, I like, think I think they've so. only got three games in Sydney for the whole year. Okay, but yeah, like um, I'm sort of I'm sort of making this prediction. I'm making this zag based on. The Finns, even when they have a lot of guys out, they always show up and they it's always true. play hard. You know what I mean? Like they played hard for six. Game just got away from them last week, yeah. And then it just got away from them a little bit. Right. And Manly are just a lot more unreliable. It's you know? true, but so, I do think that Tom's back and his Origin jersey isn't guaranteed right now. So I think he's going to be prime for a big one, and I'm going to take them. In a, in a, oh look, Manly's got Manly's got plenty. So. Manly's got plenty to plenty to play for, mm. but I think a a classic Wayne Bennett Dolphins ambush could yep. be on the cards. And it's a Wayne Bennett Bowl in the next game with the Dragons hosting Souths at Cogra. Been a minute since Souths played at Cogra. Been a little minute. Uh, I'll be there. But um, yeah, it, it's tough to see. I mean, especially if Cody Walker doesn't play, it's difficult to see Souths winning this one. Yeah, well, that's the... I, I, I don't know if it's difficult to see them I'm not, winning. I, I, you know I'm it's, not a reverse jinx guy, No, 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 no. It's like I, a lot I, of guys. I, I know a lot not, of guys not, not playing. Well, Walker, like th- this whole match hinges on, on Walker, doesn't it? Like... I think it's is it a quadricep that yes. he's mucking around with? Yeah, so Captain's I don't know. run is on as we speak. So yeah. by the time you hear this, you might already know if he's playing or not. Yeah. But I'm working so, with the assumption that he's not playing. Well, if it, it's as simple as if he plays, South should should win this pretty easy. I agree with that. If he doesn't, then all of a sudden it's a, maybe if he doesn't play, and then Blake Laurie and Jack Bird somehow manage to play for yeah. Saints. Then well, all, of sudden, all of a sudden we got a contest on our hands. Yeah, so the odds have already moved a little bit. Souths were dollar forty on the week; they're dollar sixty-five now, but still firm favourites, which I just can't get on board with. I know I get the Dragons nearly beat Penrith last week, and I know they lost Nathan Cleary in that game, but the Dragons played hard. They'll play hard in this one again. I know that their forward pack is depleted, but their forward pack is not as depleted as Souths is, and it, it, and they've got Ben Hunt. They've got the they they will have the best player on the field. In well, this game. That, like for them to win, they need a classic Ben Hunt yeah. does everything, scores a try, sets up two, saves a couple, like discovers cold fusion. And you got to remember, time. it was about this time last year that the Dragons absolutely took the took the bunnies to the woodshed down at down in Nilawara. Yeah, they, abs- they blew them out. I think they scored thirty points in the first twenty minutes or something, and Andrew McCulloch streamed at the game and just took them to town. But yeah. Just for me, it's just looking at this team. No Mitchell. Well, there is a Mitchell, but not. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Mitchell. There is a Mitchell, Mitchell. Not, but not L Mitchell. There's an S Mitchell. But yeah, no, no Trell, no Cody. Probably no, no Cam Murray, no Jai Arrow. Cookie's playing, but still, um, getting Havili back, I think, is pretty big. But uh, again, I, you'd imagine that given he's been out for the first what twelve or thirteen weeks of the season, that if he it, when he comes off the bench, he's not going to be playing gigantic minutes. But I, I do love him as that ball playing thirteen either side of half time. That role he was doing so well for them last year, I love that. I think that's awesome. It'll be interesting who plays there for the majority of the time because Liam Knight's only in the jersey twenty one, and Shaq Mitchell's not playing more than twenty five minutes either. So the well, what I'm what I'm key on. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at. I think this is a game where Keon, so Keon has played uh, edge and middle over the last couple of weeks and has done a superb job at both of them. I think with the outs that they yes, have and with the with weaknesses that. in the Dragons team, I would be starting Keon in the middle of the field. But even if they don't, I think after 20 minutes, yeah. Shaq comes off, Cheekham Because they've got on. Cartwright and Cheekham yeah, both Ke- on the bench. Like, like, Keon, Colin Matungi goes to the middle and then just really like... Really, you know, like get this one, get this one down into the gutters. You know what and I mean? Like, really turn this into a rough and tumble, middle of the field, up the center, third type game. Like, really put the clamps on them. 
You know what I'm saying? Like real brutalism type shit. Um, I think that's South's best pass to victory because even their forward pack is depleted. Junior Tatola is still there. Really good player. Um, Sele still Arme there. Arme quite underrated. Has had a really good season. You know, and that that to me is the place that they can attack Saints. I'd be pretty delighted if um, Talis Duncan got the late call up as well. I think his footwork last uh, against the Raiders the other week was very impressive. I, I, I like the look of him. Um, I do too. I I just wonder if stylistically he's a bit too similar to Havili mm, as sort of like that smaller middle that gets by with footwork and leg speed and offloads. You so know, just, just, we just, pair just, them with just, the biggest middle, Jack Mitchell, <laughs> and everything's fine. So I don't know what you're worried about. What if we put them both in one jersey? Yes. And James Adultman <laughs> playing ball playing lock for Zouts. But yeah. Um, uh, look, Cody Walker's not playing, but I haven't tipped against Souths all year except for when they play Penrith. And I'm not going to do that here. Yeah, look, so. I'll, ta- I'll take I'll take Souths as well. I think for Saints to win this, it's kind of got to be the opposite of what I was talking about with Souths. Yeah. It's got to be free. Free-flowing, open footy, swinging it sideline to sideline, which which look, they're but capable of doing. I also think if you're a betting man, doing. Souths, uh, sorry, Dragons are ma- massive value right now at $2.30 or whatever they are. So that's... Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, it just depends <laughs> if Cody... Depends, it is all de- I'm working with the assumption that he's not playing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Brisbane hosting the Knights at Suncorp Stadium. A great chance for them, especially if Souths... If Souths lose, they can go two wins clear of everybody else on the ladder if they win this game. So... Big, big opportunity for them to do that with, with, with that situation in that game we just discussed and the fact that they are going to be red-hot favourites against Newcastle this week. Well, yeah, so I've, I've talked a little bit in the last couple of weeks about how well Brisbane have done uh, when they've been undermanned or in abject circumstances in the last couple of weeks. You know, they did really well to show up against the Warriors with their origin stars. With some of their origin stars backing up, they did very, very well to sort of take care of business against Cronulla. Those were two sort of tough grafting performances. This one, to me, strikes me as one where it's time to get back to the old Brisbane. It's time to run and gun. You know what I mean? Like, they've done all the hard work. It's time to time to let that ball zip from side to side and, and play some of that gorgeous attacking footy that they were sort of playing uh, um, a little bit before Origin and all that and play some of the footy that's kind of got them to the top of the ladder and into the premiership conversation, you know, and I, I, I think that's, I think that's what we're going to see. I think that's what we're going to see. This is the, this is probably, this is probably the first time that they've been able to assemble all their talent in a good month or so, because mm. even before Origin, there was the week Reynolds missed out. There was week the week Haas missed, missed out. Yeah. And man. Yep. There's, so this is the first, this is the first week where everybody's kind of been fully loaded. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think they're going to get a monster crowd up to Suncorp. They they always seem to on um, on Saturday games. They don't get as many of them as they probably should. But when they do get Saturday games, the punters crowd clack Caxton Street and flood out from the Lord Alfred Hotel and head down there and really get a big one into it, you know? And I'm expecting Brisbane to win this and I'm expecting them to win it pretty well. Here's Taylor rolling the ball in. I mean, he's after it. He might have got it down. He thinks he did. Oh! Train Cup. So I'm Coltrane and baby. Let me stand next to your fire, Reese Walsh. Yeah, look, all I needed to see was that picture of Reese Walsh after the game in his in his in his, in his pink undies. So no, that's not a man you trifle with. That's not a man you mess with. <laughs> the confidence that boy is playing at to be walking around the park signing autographs in pink underpants. I, you gotta respect it. I can I can say that um when Reese Walsh was on the origin coverage, walking around in his speedos. Your friend and mine, Declan Pup Campton, was scrambling for the remote so his missus wouldn't leave him. Yep, that's uh, totally fair. Yeah, because because he reckons he reckons that um, they were up in Brizzy. I think it was up in Brizzy, and she ran into Reese Walsh, and he reckons that Reese Walsh was hitting on her. 
So I'd choose pop. There's a <laughs> so there's a feud. There's a feud there between the Menangle Prince and the King of Brisbane. Here's Taylor rolling the ball end on him. He's after it. He might have got it down. He thinks he did. Oh! Cold train cup. A second train has hit <laughs> the tracks. Well, now I feel now I feel less confident because your cold train has been so shit. I won this last year. week. I won last that week. was your first win in how long? Oh, uh, look, we're, we're <laughs> under Cincinnati. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, they're going to kill him. Yeah, look, I, 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 I am very confident. I don't think this is a bad night. It's not a bad night, Steve. At all, they just probably, they just don't have the points in them to go with Brisbane. Well, I think they might have the points in them early, especially if they get to Ponga. Yeah, actually, that's true. Early, this like, could be like, like a twelve all after thirty minutes, and then Brisbane win 34-12. That's kind of what I'm expecting. I'm yeah. expecting the Knights to be in the game for the first half, like kind of like that Para game the other week. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And then I'm expecting Brisbane to kind of find another gear and and and, and kick on and play with a pace and an incisiveness that Newcastle mm. that Newcastle can't match. You know, um, the Knights have the Knights have struggled a little bit away from home this year. This is a tough, tough. Road trip for them, um, and I think, I, I I think as well that Brisbane will just be able to bring a sort of sustained physicality in the middle of the field that the Knights not be able to match. They got Adam Elliott back at thirteen. I think that's a good move for them. Um, I think anything that the sort Russell of helps Bowden them, of our times, the Russell Bowden of our times. Anybody, anything that sort of helps the Knights move the ball from edge to edge more often is a good thing because they do have a lot of strike out there. But um, yeah, this does look like a tough one for them. Yeah. Um, the Roosters hosting Penrith. Um, no Brandon Smith, of course. Jake Turpin getting the start. Um, Sandon Smith in the 14 jersey at the moment. There are rumours that... Strong rumours, I've heard, that he will be starting this game in the halves with Luke Keary, Joe Marnie going back to centre. And I think Roosters fans are delighted about that news. I do too. Look, I've seen Sandon Smith play a little bit for North Sydney in the Reggies. And there is one thing that I can tell you about him. He is a halfback. That's he is he is good. he yep. is a halfback, and Luke Keary is a better footballer, but I don't think he's not a halfback. And Joey Manu been, is not a five eight. So well, I think Joey Manu is all right for a week at five eight. It's not somewhere where I'd want him to keep all the time. Correct. But, so I I like that for the Roosters. I I imagine that Sandon Smith playing halfback will it'll be a little bit like what they try to do when they play Drew Hutchinson in the halves, where they just have someone who is competent, makes pretty good decisions gets some kicks in, and then just gets the ball to the more talented guys around him, you know? The problem with Hutchinson is he's kind of slowed down a little bit and he can get exposed a little bit defensively and all that. But Sandon Smith, young whippet that he is, I think all he's got to do is just get the ball where it needs to go and things could things could work out okay for, for, your, for your beloved Roosters. Yeah, I just think that the problem they have this week, I think that their bench especially, not like Angus Crichton is, I mean, still getting back to the player he once was. And then Nathan Brown and, and Matt Lodge on the bench, whereas the Panthers have Liam Martin and Spencer Linu on their bench. So I just really see it. I just think the Roosters are going to fight really tough to hang with the Panthers physically for 80 minutes. And I think that that shellacking they copped a, th- a few weeks ago will still be fresh in their minds. Their team isn't stronger than it was then either. And they've lost Brandon Smith in that time period as well. So um, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard for me to see the Roosters winning this one because... Even though Nathan Cleary isn't playing, again, you go back to that game through Victor, they didn't win that game through Nathan Cleary brilliance. Jerome Luai was the star of the show that night, and they just bulldozed the shit out of them for yeah. 80 minutes. And there's no reason to expect them, with Lee New back especially, 
one and three testicles and all, <laughs> that, <laughs> that 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 they're not going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's that's uh, kind of where I'm leaning at with it as well. The Roosters have struggled defensively for quite a while now. They're not the defensive powerhouse that they have been in in sort of in sort of campaigns past. Um, and with the physicality and the aggression that Penrith play with. All they need is to get on top a little bit against a team that isn't defensively sound, and all of a sudden they're blowing the game wide open. You know, so I I, I agree I agree with your assessment, your assessment of this one. Um, Thank you. But I'm not I'm not writing off the Roosters' chances. I'm, I'm not I'm, either. I'm, I'm, I must say I think I I, I I I still can't get rid of the notion that they're gonna turn the Me corner. Me too. It's, and it, and I know and if, it's, if they was any if they weren't called the Sydney Roosters, if they if they yeah. were having the exact same season and they were called the West Tigers or the Canterbury Bulldogs or whoever, we would not be talking yeah, like this. Yeah, I know, but it's and I know that's a that's that might be a dumb way to think mm. after how underwhelming. But hey, they've got the runs on the board. Year. They've historically got the runs on the board. They just do, man. They just really, really do. And like Tedesco was really, really good last week, just like creating stuff and finishing stuff. I think he'll be really fired up again. You know, maybe Sand and Smith going to half back just sort of unlocks things for, for a it lot could. of other guys. A Joey Manu could have a stormer back in the centers again. You know, it's possible. That's where you get and Penrith. You get them on those edges. Yeah, and if they can, so. ju- if, if they can just, w- they don't have to beat Penrith in the middle, but if they can just sort of weather the storm yep. a little bit physically. I think that's true as well. You know, maybe Penrith. Obviously easier said than done, but. Of, yeah. of course, but like maybe then Penrith get a little bit frustrated and their attack isn't quite there. Like we've seen happen in, in some other games yeah. this year, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Panthers. I am. Me but too. Not, not, not with a hundred percent confidence. Maybe with like a, a an eighty. I'd say about eighty. An eighty percent. Like if the yeah. Roosters get the upset, it'll it, it won't raise my eyebrows. I'll say. Okay. One game on Sunday. That's not very super. Last week we had three games on Sunday, Dick. We've yeah. been, we were spoiled. Back to one. Uh, the Storm hosting the Sharks at Amy Park. Um, Cronulla. Uh, you know the chat all week swirling about their inability to beat big teams. Tasks don't get much bigger than Melbourne in Melbourne, unless you're the Canberra Raiders, of course. I, I'm zagging again. <gasps> I think the Sharks are going to win this. Go on, I talk do. Me, yeah, talk I do. It. So, part of it is based on how I know the storm. Part of it is based on how poor the Storm were last week, mm. and and part of and part of it is based on the reasons they were so poor. Like the Cowboys were able to just gain a shitload of meters mainly through their back five, and that you know who loves got, making meters through their back five. That's what I'm thinking. So the Cowboys made all their meters through their back five, and then that sort of got them moving, and the forward pack was a secondary concern. And a team that loves to make meters through their back five and for who in their forward pack is a secondary concern is the Sharks. That's true. So I know the Storm will be better than they were last week, but stylistically, I actually think this matchup kind of favors the Sharks a little bit. You know, and there's a chance this all blows up in my face. Oh, for sure, but that's all right. Cameron, Cameron Munster and Harry Grant were both backing up from Origin last week. Nelson aside for Solomon had a really poor game. He probably doesn't have two bad games in a row. Munster and, and Grant are two of the best players in the competition. They can win a game on their own if they're playing well, and they almost always play well at home. So it is a big ask. It is a big ask. But I think I think the Sharks have the weapons to trouble the storm with this one. I think they'll look at someone like Grant Anderson starting at centre and they'll think we can really we can really get it. And, this get guy. Something there. and they're very, very good. Is he starting on Talakai's side or the other side? Uh he's on Olam's side, which is Ramian's side. side yeah. Which is no that's no pick. Still a great Ramian, player. Ramian's but, uh, Ramian's up like a big blockbuster. Get the bowling ball like, running it. Just like Talakai. You know, so, and I, I think if the if the Sharks come into this and they really target Anderson up, I I think they could they could be in for some joy. And it's it's funny, we talk about the Sharks having an inability to beat the big teams. For me, the Storm aren't in that category this year. 
I think the three best teams in the comp mm. are, are pretty clearly the in some order: the Rabbitohs, the Broncos, and the Panthers. And then I think there's a gap. Mm. And then I I, I think this, I said this earlier. I said this. I think either last week or earlier this week. I don't remember. But in that in that sort of chasing pack, the Storm and the Sharks are both there, and yeah, I think they I both. Agree with that. So they both have aspirations to sort of climb a little bit higher. Um, and this is a game that could give an indication that one of them might be up to it. You know, it's true. the Sharks have got a bit of a tu- a bit of a an easier run coming up. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I was looking at it the other day. They've got some games that they should be able to. Uh, Bulldogs, Dragons, Tigers, Warriors, Manly. Yeah, so they should be able the they they should be able to handle most of those, if not all of them. It'll be a while until they get a serious test again, you know. And after the way things went down against Brisbane. I think they will have hurt their pride a little bit. I think they'll really, really have a point to prove. I hope so. If it if it can't happen, it, it's kind of getting to the point now where if it, if it can't happen for them, if it can't happen for them in circumstances like this, I know going down to Melbourne's hard, but if it can't happen for them time and time again, then eventually, then maybe you have to start questioning if it's never going to happen. Maybe, but I think I, it will happen. I think they're going to win. Um, I yeah, I'm, I'm taking the storm, but I hope you're right. Um, and the last game, the Monday public holiday game. Public holiday nationwide or just in New South Wales? I have no it's idea. King, it's the King's birthday, so surely it's nationwide. Sure, why not? I don't know what the public holiday's for. Um, Bulldogs, Eels, Homebush. Um, I've got to say, I'm not excited for it. I'm always excited for Dogs Eels games. Okay, it's it's one of those it's one of those rivalries where just stuff always seems to happen. Mm. Something always going down when Para play the Bulldogs. Like like this corresponding game last year, right? We all thought, oh God, Paris is going to kill him. And then the Bulldogs ended up tearing them to pieces, and Jake Avarillo scored that incredible. That's true, try actually. That's a good point. Ended up being a great a ended great, many a Coltrane season. Yeah, it ended up being a great a great day of watching the footy. So, I'm hoping that we get a big crowd up there, and I'm hoping that we we you get going? a real. Uh, I'm probably not. If it was at Allianz, I'd go, but uh, core no. Oh thanks. mate, it's um, it's it's more that I'm it's more that the the Origin teams get announced that night, so I'm going to uh, be scrambling around doing yeah, stuff yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. But if if not for that, I uh, I definitely would have thought. About going, and I think I think Canterbury's in with a shot. Yeah, well, as no well. Dylan Brown. Well, no Dylan, no Dylan Brown. Um, Dejan Arcy is someone that I mentioned on the Parramatta preview show back in the preseason. I really, really like him as a player. I'm surprised it took him it took them this long to get him into first grade because to me, he was a much more natural. 14 than Jake Arthur ever was. Um, that's not a shot at Jake Arthur. It's just that Dejan Arcy can play center, five eight, halfback, fullback edge back row and lock if he had to. You know, he's a big unit with a pretty good turn of pace, a nice step on him, a really, really big boot. Dylan Brown is, of course, one of the best 5.8s in the competition. Um, but I do think Dejan Arcee is going gonna, is gonna to surprise is gonna surprise some people. Him, come, him, My confidence in him is why I'm still taking para with a fair bit of confidence. Regan Campbell-Gillard, back for them as big, well. Big back. Tough out for my guy, Widemu Greek. He's yeah, out for the he's rest of the season, for, yeah. which, which really, really sucks because it... It's a shame. They get Campbell, uh, Campbell-Gillard back and then they lose Greg and that, I thought those three guys could really complement yeah, each other well, well for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's just tough as well because it's clear that Greg was still doing some work on his body and all of that and I think he's someone who needs to play a full season in first grade mm. to kind of get himself... Where his where his rig needs to be, um, and it felt like he was getting there. He was playing more minutes and doing really well. So that's a blow for them. But um, yeah, I, I I I think I think the the Bulldogs will be able to take it to to Para for a, for a period of time at the very 
at the very least. I don't mind this Harrison Edwards that they got starting at lock. He's decent. Um, still wouldn't mind more minutes for Kurt Morin. I think he's someone who could very much be Reed, Reed Marnie's still being in the team is great for them. It is. It is. And I think Reed Marnie is someone who will come into this one looking to do a lot better than that first game against Parrot, where it was yeah, pretty he was, clear that he, it was, he was in his own head a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the occasion yeah. got to him a, 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 a little bit, you know. Um, the big Wahash is back at fullback. Love that. For Canterbury, I love that for them. So Well, uh, wing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, have I missed something? No, nah, sorry. Uh, unleash him. Oh, unleash him. Get him out there. Um, so while Parra have got, uh, I think they've got more points in them than, than, than Canterbury do, and they've probably got a little bit more craft about them. Mm. I do think there's things in that, in that team that Parra, that the Canterbury can can really go after. I don't know what Can- what Parra's looking for with Andrew Davey. Yeah. Sort of joining the club and going straight back into the back row. He's someone who, when he has started games this year, has been targeted pretty pretty heavily. And I think um I think the the Bulldogs will, will yeah. probably go like right, right after him. But um yeah, I'm taking Parra, but I'll in in a tight one, in a close one. Oh I'll, in I'll, a I'll, King's birthday gift to us all. I'm gonna zag. I'm gonna take dogs. Oh yeah nice. Why not? Yeah. Have a zag. Talk me through it. Um, you you talked me into it just there. I I, I like their back. I I forgot that Rimani wasn't missing the game with concussion, and Jacob Karaz back. And they get Campbell Gillard back, yes, but no no Griggs. So it's almost I'm not gonna say it's a like for like. That's a bit that's a bit disrespectful to Campbell Gillard. But Griggs been really good, so they don't really gain too much in terms of their punch. Pangai's been playing the best footy of his Bulldogs career by a mile the last couple of weeks. Um, they can match it with them, and I yeah, Rimani can't play worse than he did in that first Eels Bulldogs game this year. So. I'm hoping he has a big one for his sake and and for the dog's sake. I'll, I'll tip him. Go Birdo. Yeah. Um, we should. I didn't want to break your Croker monologue earlier, but our eyes on the stats brought to you by Specsavers. Uh, shout out to Mike Tran on Twitter. Here's everyone who's played centre with Jared Croker in his career. Um, I love this list. Um, if if I give list. you if I give you a signal, I want you to tell the punters a little bit about this player because they might not know who they well, are. Well, I I have actually ranked. Each of these players. Okay. So from, I, worst, I, from worst to best. Okay. So, all right. Would you, should, do you want me to read them out? How about from, you read out the list? Okay. So, we're starting with worst. All right. Yeah. So, so James 20, Stewart. 20, 24, 24, 24 centers. James 24 Stewart. 24 centers. So, James Stewart was a... Raider Dave's schoolyard chum. Yeah. So, he went to school with our good mate, Raider Dave. Apparently, James Stewart was not much of a, not much of a player in the schoolyard or anything like that, but he got a run for Canberra, I think, in early 2010. Played about four or five games, only one at centre. Couldn't tell you a thing about him other than that he existed. So. Yep, nice. Uh, Danny Galea. Danny Galea, probably better known for his work as a back rower with, mm. the, with the Tigers and the Panthers, but had, I think, 18 months with the Raiders. Uh, and I think he had one game in the centres. So good on you, Danny. Sammy Saluma. Sammy Saluma, uh, again, better known for his work as a winger. Only got a couple of He's games in the centres. He's got that sick try against South in 2013 or 14 he down did, in Canberra. yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, a, a, a sort of big yardage winger who went on to play a lot of good footy in the Queensland Cup. Only got a brief time in first grade. I always thought he was okay. Uh, this guy sounds like a Rugby League 2 regenerated player, but Bill Tupo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill Tupo was a winger at the Warriors, played it in grand final, came to the Raiders, another one who was mainly a winger who played, like, two games. In the centres. There was a game against Souths in 2014 that the Raiders ended up winning mm. where Bill Tupo had one of those ones where it was a nice backline shift, caught the ball about 10 metres out from the line, was jogging in to score, reached out to put it down and just dropped it. Nice. One of those guys. Love oh, your that work, guy. Though. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, fuck yeah. Then went to England, made the Super League dream team. Uh, I like that when you formatted this, you gave Saluma and Tupo both 22. Couldn't split them. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't split them. Uh, number oh, tw- what? I fucked up something with numbers? <laughs> that doesn't sound like <laughs> number me. Number 20, Curtis Scott. Yeah, um, probably the... Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. Number 19, Jared Kennedy. 
Jared Kennedy, so a back rower by trade, right? And he only played in the centres a few times when Canberra were at some very, very low ebbs in that 2014 season. But I will always have a soft spot for him because he was in that 2008 Holden Cup side, scored the winning try in Golden Points. So That's fair. His first grade career never amounted to to a whole lot, but, um, you know, still a true Raider. Uh, 18, Matt Allwood. Wasn't he a forward? Yeah. No, 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 he was a centre. So he's another I'm one. I'm thinking he, of Mitchell Allgood. You're, you're I? thinking of Mitchell Allgood, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt Allwood, he kind of he was one of those blokes that Ricky drags up sometimes where like you've never heard of him through the preseason, but then he ends up starting round one. Mm. Um, and look, Matt Allwood, probably not the best player, but did have one really good game for the Raiders when they beat the Storm at home in 2014 when Paul Vaughan scored that excellent last minute try that you might remember, like mm-hmm. stepped seven or eight yeah, blokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Matt Allwood was good in that game. And on the back of that, he got a bump up the list. Nice. Uh, number 17, Jeremy Hawkins. Yeah, Jay Hawk. Jay Hawk was one of those. He, he played very well in the juniors. Played very good in the under twenties. Um, and I thought he was going to have more of a first grade future than he did, but he it just kind of didn't yeah. end up happening for him. And but I, I, I always wanted him to succeed. And I think at this point, everyone will know who these players are. So number sixteen, Edric Lee. Num- well, Edric Lee only played about four or five games in the centres. Was not very good at it. No shit. Uh, number fifteen, Branko Lee. Fuck yeah, love you, Branko. Fun Branko Lee stat, right? So he scored twelve tries. Yep. For the Raiders. Yep. He left the Raiders six years ago. In the six years since, he has only scored 13 tries. I love that. What, is that, what does that tell you? Come, Come home, home, Brenko. Brenko. Uh, number 14, Adam Mogg. bit low, but fair well, enough. Why I, is he so low? He's low because he only played centre with Croker in his second stint with the club. So when he came back right, from France okay, okay. and he was washed up. All right. So uh, Number 13, Sisawanga. Another one, mainly a winger, only had a few games in the centres, but had a pretty good year for the Raiders in 2015. Number 12, Michael Oldfield. Another winger who played a little bit in the centres. Uh, number 11, Sean Berrigan. Yeah, man. Like, Raiders I, legend. Sean Berrigan was one... Like He only played, I think, the, the one year with the Raiders. So random I that he played for them. so excited yeah, when Sean he signed. Like, he did his best work for the club at dummy half. He'd sort of slowed down a little bit by that point, but he had a few games in the centres as well, and mm. I was rating him... Probably higher than I should have, just out of respect. Of course. Love Sean Berrigan. Number 10, Jordan Rapana. Another winger that plays in the yep. centres a bit. I love Jordan Rapana. Number nine, Justin Carney. Justin Carney was was the first. He was a un- beefy boy. He was the first under-20s player who I thought was going to be yep. like an absolute I remember the star. hype on him was something he was, else. He was yeah, sick. Yeah. And he probably could have been. He just had some really bad ankle injuries mm. that kind of slowed him down a little bit. Went on to a great career in England. And he's still playing. He's he? playing with the Albury Thunder in group. Uh, nine, I think it is. Sure. Him and Etu Wyselli are both playing. It's great, great stuff. Uh, number eight, Nick Kotrick. Can still rise high on this list, but I'm really, really worried about <laughs> him. Number seven, Yoel Thompson. Hat was better in the centres than people remember. Mm. Like, was more known as a back rower. Yeah. But had, I think, two years, 2009 and 2010. He was one of those guys that the Dragons signed just to try and break the hoodoo. When yeah. they started signing all yeah. the Raiders players so uh, they could beat Thompson them. Memorably burned Jared Hayne in a mm. game at Parramatta in uh, 2009 or 10, I think it was. Yep. Number six, Blake Ferguson. Blake Ferguson, at, at when he finished at the Raiders, he finished as a centre and he looked like he could have been the best centre in the world. And then he had his year off and then came to the Roosters and all of a sudden couldn't play in the centres to save himself. Like couldn't couldn't defend there, to, to couldn't stop a nosebleed if he's playing in the centres. And after that, yep. he became a yardage winger. But I always liked him more at the Raiders as a strike centre. All right, and then we've got the top five. Number, I mean, there's not a lot that needs to be said about these guys. Seb Chris, number five. With a bullet too. Great player. Really grown on me. Uh, number four, Jack Whiten. Uh, yeah, I'm. he was a tough one to rank because mm. he just hasn't played that much. Yeah, he's going to be in... I'll, um, I'll, he's going to be a tough one to rank in my centre rankings for South. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Isaiah Tass. Yeah, like, what are tough, you tough, do? tough. Uh, number three, Matt Timoko. 
Uh, yeah. Really impressive career Love so him. far. Just awesome. Number two, Yoel Monaghan. Real throwback. Real throwback. I'd forgotten Jared Croker played a lot of footy with Joel Monaghan. But for a while, Joel Monaghan was great the best player. outside back at the Raiders. He played really some great good. footy, yeah. Uh, famously not remembered for anything else. And uh, <laughs> number one, Joseph Leilua. I loved so much about Joseph Leilua and Jared Croker playing together in the same team. But the thing I loved the most is they were both incredibly damaging centers in their pomp. And they could not be more different. As Diametrically blokes. opposed. Yeah, it was but, awesome. But that's good stuff. That's good stuff. What a fun trip down memory lane for me. Like four other Raiders Nuffies and nobody else. I enjoyed it. Uh, spec savers. Wear some glasses. Wear some glasses tonight to watch Jared Kroger's 300th game. There Woo! you go. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. All right, we've got some news before we get out of here. Of course, we're going to start with Appy Coruscant's uh, broken jaw. Uh, obviously, bad for the Tigers. Uh, I do get annoyed that the first thing that gets said on these broadcasts now is, oh, terrible for the Blues. It's like, what about the Tigers? But for the purposes of this show, what a terrible were- for the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, it's a it's a blow and it's a it's a real shame for, for Coruscant, who had done very well to sort of earn that, that, that Blues hooking jersey. But Cook coming in is as good a replacement as you could ask for. Like, Cook might be a better player. Like, if, if they'd gone with Cook for game one and not Coruscant, I don't think too many eyebrows would have been raised. So it is a real shame for, for Coruscant, but Cook is... Cook is as fine a replacement yeah. as you could so ever ask for. So we, we, we're not going to pick whole new teams, but we do want to talk about the changes that we want made for game two. Okay. So, I mean, number nine, Damian Cook. Number seven, Adam Reynolds. I actually number want Reese Robson in there. Number six, <laughs> Cody Walker. Number three, Latrell Mitchell. Okay, so... Number four, Campbell Graham. <laughs> number two? Alex Johnson. <laughs> um, well, I... It... it, it Earlier this week, I would have been 100% with you and say, let's South Sydney this bitch right up. Let's right? do but it. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, Latrell Mitchell's not playing this week. Cody Walker's in a little bit of doubt, you know. And you yourself said in the lead up to game one, you don't want to pick blokes who are underdone. That is true. I, so, I would argue the difference there is Cody Walker might miss one game as a precaution, whereas the two guys we were talking about there had just missed two months. Like one of them had missed two months of the season. Well, Latrell Mitchell has not played in some time now. That is true. Three weeks, three yeah. weeks, four yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, I, look, I would, I, if Latrell is fit, I would pick him because I think you can, you can get, a, you can, I think he's earned that. I think like Adokar, like Trebojevic, I think he's earned the right to, if he says he's fit, if he says he's right, then I'm, then I'm putting him in. Um, I put, I would put Campbell Graham in at right center as well. I would need Cody Walker to play this weekend to pick him. Really? Yeah, I would. He's been the best five eighth in the comp by a distance. I would, like mate. I would need months. him to play. I can't. I can't go in with that many blokes underdone. I can't have a spine guy I guess underdone. I, I understand that, but like, it seems like from what I understand, it looks almost more precautionary than anything else. And they do have a buy next week. So, what, what, well, hang on. Him having the buy next week, what does that have to do with him playing for New South Wales? Well, it just means that he won't have to get through another game next weekend either. Like, he's got another... I need, another... I need him to play. I want to I pick him. I do. I, w- I do. But I need, I need him. I need him to play. Um, and I feel like... I almost feel like if they didn't have the buy this week, he might play, but they figure, oh, he's going to get next week off anyway, so we'll, we'll give him the rest just in case. But, 
Yeah, well, I, take I, I need Walker to say, no, guys, I want to play because I want to play. Well, for I'm, I have Wales. no doubt he will do that. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I, again, this could have already been settled by the time most of you are listening yeah. to this. But uh, alas, that's the that's how the sands of time fall in the hourglass. What would you do instead then? Are you picking Luai even without <sighs> if Nathan Walker, Theory? If, Walker was, if Walker's fit and playing this week, I'm, I am dropping Jerome Luai. And that's tough, but Origin's tough sometimes. If Walker's out, it makes it a whole lot tougher because... I don't want to carry a half on the bench because if I'm picking Latrell Mitchell and he hasn't played in a while, I need my utility to be able to cover center. Birdo. I, want, I want someone who can make an impact. Birdo. Well, I, I go either Birdo or Staggs. Yeah, okay. Uh, one, one, one off the two. Is Staggs really a utility though? Like I didn't like his work at any position other than center in the limited times that we saw it. Understandable, but I also think Staggs is someone that you could throw on in the middle of the field for sure, 20 minutes. That's true. You know, I think there's an easy avenue to play him even if nobody gets injured, yeah. which isn't as easy if Birdo's there because he can play 5-8 and center. And then, yeah. And then that's kind of it. Um, but yeah, Bert, I'd have Birdo or Staggs on the bench, which means that you're either dumping Nico Hines or you're starting him at 5-8, yeah. you know, and then you throw him into that sort of nexus with Reynolds and Moses and all of that. I'd be, I'd be going with Hines... If the halfback is Reynolds or Moses, so you, okay, or possibly Luai, one of the two. I'm not picking Walker and Hines. I don't think that works. Okay, what do you think about that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I do think that this is something that the Blues are going to stress over right up until the time. I've also put Jareem Buller at fullback. <laughs> I think it's telling that there hasn't been a bunch of leaks this week yeah. about who's who's on the cusp and all of that. I think they're really really closing up shop. Um, I think if Walker's fit. They'll go Walker Reynolds, but if Walker's out, I can see them changing the halves completely and going like Heinz Lewis. Uh, like Enero Physios tweeted that he's out. By the way, Walker's out. Yep. Damn. Okay. Okay. Shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough, man. That's tough. <laughs> that's okay. Um. Yeah. So you're not picking him. I. Well, they still might. They still might, and I could understand if they do. It was just if it was just me personally. Yeah, I do think like it is a little bit different than the guys than the uh, the trail thing. I take your point, but I do think the Walker thing is a little bit different because, again, like he has played at an extremely high level for the first fourteen rounds of this competition. Yeah, and it's literally one week. And honestly, if they really needed him to, he probably could have played. So, like to me, it's not the same thing as the Adokara Tabojevic situations. Okay. But I totally get your point of view. Well, if they roll di- out on on Monday night with Walker Reynolds or Walker's in the team, you're all in. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be. Well, I I was thinking about this as well, dude. Like I now, if they if they Southify this, I have to care about Origin. Well, I you've been be on a weird thing where, you, like, every week you're kind of like you're you're caring about Origin has sort of risen and fallen, and like mm. it's been a real roller coaster. Yeah, like you say, you, like, I want you my players to get picked, but I'm angry you, that they miss club games. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's a real. It's a. But real if thing. they if they could, there's a world where there's like six rabbits in this team, and if there is, I have to like. Well, <laughs> I'm counting Reynolds as one of them. No, but what's but, funny is on Monday you said. There's no rabbit in this Yeah. Team. Well, <laughs> like, that was before Happy Coruscant broke his jaw. Yeah. No, but it's and, just, Well, Ken Murray's the other big question mark, right? Well, I, again, like... But he's earned the right as well, I think. I, he has. But he has. Ken Murray's amazing, but is he so amazing that it's worth the risk when you can pick a different forward who's 80% as good? That's Probably not. That's that's what I'm saying, you know? And say you pick say you pick Latrell and he goes down in the first five minutes and you can throw your bench utility out there. Murray, I think, is in a position that's going to be a lot more physically demanding in the Yeah, I agree. So I'm a lot more concerned about that one. And know? I think Lee New comes back into the team. Well, probably let, for let's, Pangai, just, let's, just, let's just run through it really quick. I want yep. him to start Haas. I want him to start Paulo. I agree with that. Cooks there with him. Yep. 
Back row, I'm probably... I'd be starting Martin. Sorry, I'm I'd starting... I'd be starting Martin and Frizzell. I'm going Martin and Young. I'm giving Young another chance. Oh, are you? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> How no, magnanimous no, no, no dude, I am. I am because I think part of the big failing for the Blues in, in Origin 1 was hooking Young early and not bringing him back on and then hooking Pangai when he made a mistake as well. You want to empower yeah, no, these fair. guys to play the footy that okay. got him there. So then Isaiah goes to lock. Isaiah and then assuming the lock. you've got the 14th, not a forward. No, well, the 14th is... is Berto, Staggs, Staggs, or, some, Staggs or Burton, either or. Sorry, tough tough shot for Nico Hines yep. getting dropped. He didn't do... Well, he missed that tackle on Munster, but that's not his fault. He's not no, a center. No, no, no. And then um, Lean they might, you... But they're just more, if they don't have him in the halves, I don't think I don't know if there's a place for has one of those. Lean has one of those bench spots wrapped up, I think, for sure. Yep, I think Lean has got... One spot. Um, I might go Frizz on the bench then okay, as my yep. as my as my swing player, my edge middle guy. Um, and then the last spot on the bench. Actually, no, I'm buggering Frizz off. I'm picking Keon in that spot. Nice. Keon's my edge middle guy. All right. And then I need one more middle. You're not going Cam. <sighs> it's tough, man. Because Cam would be perfect for that, mm. but. Yeah, you know what? I will go Cam so against 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 my better judgment. I will go Cam. So that's six rabbitos. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, but I the think Bulldogs, I think <laughs> the I th- Bulldogs are going to be licking their lips for that game. Mate, before I think Origin there's 3. a chance that Pangai holds his spot. You know, there is. He's I played. Really he do. played really well the last couple. Well, of I know they put a big premium on guys that then go back and play well for their team yeah. after Origin. And he didn't. And I thought he didn't he, sort of put he his head down and, and no, he didn't. He, he, he didn't. rose to the occasion. So I think there's a chance that if Murray's out, he holds that spot, or even. Keon might not get picked and Pangai holds that spot, you know? Yep, I agree with that. Um, uh, no charge for Tienos for Sumaali after that uh, raised elbow incident. Don't have a problem with it, but I am surprised. I am also I am surprised. surprised. I thought because yeah. the Reed Marnie one a couple of weeks ago was a bit similar, I thought that might have got him done. But uh, them's the breaks. What other news? You, you got any other well, news? We've got to go through our, our Queensland oh, too well, because yeah. they've, had, they've, had a, they've had a lot of stuff Well, Tino will be playing. As well, well so. whole back line is the same. Yes. 100%. Yep. Don't mess with something that's worked really well. No Jai Arrow. No Jai Arrow. No Tom Gilbert. Yeah, big outs. Big outs. Um, and back row is not a problem for them. I think Nanai comes straight of, back in. I do too. Mm. Um, back row is not a problem for them. It's just that like a lot of the dudes haven't played in a while. Kafu- they could bring in Kafusi. Yeah. He hasn't played in nearly a month. Fafita's not playing this weekend. Gilbert's out. Nanai's only a week back from suspension, although I did think he was pretty good He's, he was really against good. the Storm. Yeah. Um, but let's run through that forward pack real quick. I think on the night, they'll run out the same way they did in game one with Cotter, um, Tino, Carrigan in the middle. Yep. Um, I think they'll pick Fafita. I do too. And I think they'll start Nanai th- in I the other too. spot. And yeah. then, of course, Grant on the bench with, with Collins. Collins. Kafusi, maybe. Possibly. And one more. Well, is is it time? Uh, is it time for Horsburgh? Yeah, is could it time be. for time for the Red Horse? I, I mean, he he was he was. I mean, defensively, whatever. But like with the ball in hand, he was amazing against South a couple of weeks ago. I thought he really made a difference. Well, he's. I'm, I'm not having on there as an edge. I'm right, having, but he can I'm play having, there. You, he oh, can mate, play there if you need him. Him playing so. on the edge is a break glass, break glass in case of okay. emergency thing. And young V Horsburgh on the edge <laughs> for all the marbles. I don't love Kafusi coming off the bench. Um, I don't want to go back to Kirk Capewell. I think his time in that jersey might be done. Um, I want to throw two names at you. Right. Two bolters. All right. I know you. I know he got hooked the other week, but Healam Lukey. Yep. I don't mind the idea of him coming off the bench, playing a little bit in the middle of the field on the edge if he has to, but primarily in the middle. And just like running hard and throwing them knees and them elbows around. I don't mind the sound of that. 
And then another one is Connolly Limuelu. Oh, all right. Dolphins. Okay. He's had a really, really good season. Um, a real hidden gem for them. Was a centre winger at the Cowboys, but has found a real home in the back row. Hard-running bloke on the edge. I think he's the kind of guy who could come on an edge and make an impact. Which, I, If you're bringing someone on to play on the edge, I think that's what you want. And then if somebody goes down, he can chuck. You can chuck him out in the centers if need be, as well. You know. So I know those two. That those two are a little bit, a little bit out there as selections. But they're two guys who, if I was Billy Slater, they would one hundred percent be on my radar for for that for that edge second row spot on the bench. Mm. Yep. I, you, you know, they're not not bad shouts at all. Mm. I, I think that they might. I, I agree that I don't think it's Capuzzi's best spot, best role, but I think he's in the team in some capacity. So maybe they bench for feeder or something. I don't know. We'll see. Hard. It's it's, it's hard to know. There's just a lot of a lot of moving parts on that one. It's weird that Billy played with Capuzzi, right? So that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, no. If Capuzzi had been playing, he'd be in my team. Oh, for sure. yeah, it's yeah. Just because yeah. he's been suspended for what feels loves like a thousand suspended. years. Just loves know? it. Who doesn't? Oh, uh, Wayne Bennett thinks they should pick Adam Reynolds. So that's enough for me. What if it's mind games? Oh, Kevin Walters also thinks they should pick. Uh, what if that's mind games? Why would the Broncos coach have a vested interest in the Broncos halfback getting picked for Origin? Nick, come on, come on! You're so cynical. <laughs> because he's a Queenslander son. That, that whole getting Origin. Oh, it's shit. made against this mate. This is that. Oh. This is that right now. No, it now. can't be because you're getting it. So it can't be but by no, definition. But me, me, me thinking I'm getting it is proof I don't get it. Ah, of course. Yeah. And me not getting it is just me not getting it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I understand how it works. Uh, any more news around? Nah, fuck them. All right, before we get out of here, um, oh, mate, we've, we've gone massively overs already. Uh, before we get out of here, quick shout out to people in the top two tiers on our Patreon. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. Um, you get access to our Discord server, an extra podcast every week, uh, and uh, merchandise discounts. More I got a couple, merch of, new shirts, More merch couple of new shirts coming. Some good ideas uh, in the works. So thank you to Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Where's Wayno, Alex Sergicomi, Butsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsburgh Scores, Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kick Souths Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Maddie Jenkins, Marooned Gossard, Matt. Hugh Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard and I love Taylor Swift, my ding ding dog is hard and I am sad, never trendy, Pat McManus, Reese Brown, Risky Stewart, 17 steps to emotional leadership, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Shunter Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, was Bertrand born or egg hatched, was and West Slice podcast. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. The combat vehicle has an answer to his question. He's always kept me on my toes. The combat vehicle. <laughs> it's um, it's a line. It's a line from Deadwood. I'm pretty sure. I need to watch Deadwood then. Deadwood's a great All show. Right. But uh, yeah, there you go. Proof that proof definitively that Is Bertrand, it a, Bertrand was well, he was the, born. What's the hatch. implication? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand well, are anything. You a man, or are you some kind of creature? Uh, I'm a man. <laughs> a bleed. Uh, all right. Uh, let's let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, You've got to get bounce. on the road. Get down the Hume, baby. All right, I hope I sincerely enjoy it. To every Raiders fan listening, enjoy Kroger's 300th. Um, games like that don't happen very often. So, yeah. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>